Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Glad to have you with us for this Monday edition of the program. Glad to be back with you as well after being gone on Friday. My thanks to Brian Sullivan, the general manager and teacher at WNAS New Albany High School for filling in uh, so I could take a day off. But glad to be back with you. Lots to talk about. Uh, Unfortunately, we've got to start with IU football here in just a few moments. Not a good day once again for Indiana on Saturday at home. Homecoming against Michigan State. Really a chance for a signature win this season, an opportunity to still stay in the race uh, for bowl eligibility, an opportunity to get a win at home against an undefeated team in the Big Ten that's kind of surprising people this season, and none of that happened. It was a terrible offensive output once again by Indiana from the quarterback position all the way through the offense, and you at this point wonder, what is this Indiana season going to conclude like? What's it going to look like? When it's all said and done, I guess mathematically it's still possible that uh, Indiana gets uh, to a bowl game, but very unlikely when you look at how this team is playing and also who is still ahead on the schedule for Indiana to play. So we'll get into IU football today. Uh, and I tell you, the IU football, as far as fan interest, it's losing a lot of interest in a lot of interest quick. I think we can all agree on that. Also, the other big news to talk about, and I did not get a chance to bring this up on Friday because I wasn't here. But the secret scrimmage against Cincinnati that was scheduled for the weekend uh, was canceled because Indiana too banged up, according to Jeff Goodman and other sources that were reporting on this. So kind of a big deal, I think. You get two scrimmages. They can be public exhibition games. Uh, They can be secret scrimmages where you're really not going to have fans or any uh, fanfare around the event. May not even find out any details from the scrimmage This year, Indiana electing to go with two secret scrimmages, one uh, supposed to be Cincinnati over the weekend, the other still coming up on October 30th against Belmont, but uh, not healthy enough, I guess, maybe precautionary, maybe we don't know some things going on, Uh, but definitely, I think, reason for a little bit of concern because two scrimmages, two exhibitions, whether fans are there or not, important for this team to put it all together in advance of the upcoming season, which is going to be here before we know it. So those are the two big items today from an IU perspective. Lots of happenings over the weekend from high school sports here in southern Indiana. The high school football season concluded on Friday night. The big headline there, New Albany wins its first outright Hoosier Hills Conference in 19 years. That is amazing. They had a win over Floyd Central on Friday night. And now we look forward to postseason in football coming up beginning this Friday for most of our area teams. But other sports as well on the stage front and center 
this weekend with volleyball sectionals here in the area. You know how good volleyball's been in recent years here. And uh, soccer heading into their postseason, getting further into their postseason, in fact. So lots of notables from the weekend we'll get to a little bit later in the hour. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we have our Zaxby's headlines here in just a moment. Also later in the program, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will check in. We'll recap IU football. We'll talk some IU basketball recruiting visits last week and still to come as well. And then later in the show, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, IHSA Executive Board member. He's going to join us as we recap a busy, busy week, really a busy couple weeks in high school sports, and it's not going to get uh, much slower because you've got football playoffs underway and other sports moving on to uh, deeper rounds of postseason play. So lots of fun here in the area, and we'll see if we can have a state champion in any sport, maybe multiple sports here in the area. Last fall, it was Providence soccer in the fall that got things going with a bang. Uh, both Providence boys and girls soccer teams still alive as they head on to the next round of the tournament. So we'll discuss all that more a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, or a curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our Zaxby's headline, or let me remind you, The Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you. I've told you who the guests are. You know the big topics of the day. Send in your questions and comments to us on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. And don't forget to check out the Refreshing Rewards app. It's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings every day on fuel and other things as well. And I hope to have your questions and comments sent in to us today. We always do our best to work them in to the show each and every day here on the Big X. Now, the Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. I'm going to touch briefly on football because we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the program. But Indiana led 9-7 at halftime, and I was traveling back on Saturday. So live, I didn't get to see a great portion of the game. But when, I, when you go back and look at the first half, I thought uh, Indiana could have been up much more than a two-point lead at halftime based on uh, how Michigan State played and opportunities that existed for IU they couldn't capitalize on. I read this in a story uh, somewhere that Indiana went 12 quarters in conference football. That's 12 periods in Big Ten conference football dating back to the Wisconsin game last season without scoring a touchdown until what was it, the uh, play from the the run from the one-yard line? Was it the third or fourth quarter uh, in the Michigan State game on Saturday? So this Indiana offense, dismal. Uh, the quarterback situation, whether it was Penix before he was out, hurt, whatever the situation still is with him, not good. Jack Tuttle, very mediocre at best on Saturday. Uh, the offense continues to be very, very underwhelming. And this was a game, a signature opportunity for a victory that Indiana let get away from him, a 2015 final score. Much more coming up on that. But, boy, a disappointing weekend, disappointing day for IU football when they really – needed a victory to have a chance to get back to 500 with some of the games that are ahead because guess who's next for IU football? Ohio State. Guess who's after that? Michigan. Two top 10 teams right now in the AP poll and perhaps Ohio State playing its best football of the season these last few weekends. So 
uh, Indiana football really struggling. Can you remember back just a few weeks, or I should say a few months ago, to the expectations that some folks, whether it was national people or local people, had on what Indiana football, what they projected out they might be able to accomplish this season, building up on what was a historic season a year ago and an odd year of all Big Ten play. And, boy, things have not worked out that way, not even close. And I think for the first time I watched the postgame presser with Tom Allen, I think for the first time you can really sense the frustration. He's a positive guy. He's got the Leo uh, mantra that he always throws out. More power to him to stay positive in tough weeks, tough times. But uh, frustration clearly there with uh, the coaching staff, I think, and and fans and a lot of people following this IU football team and their loss this weekend. Also, I mentioned that the scrimmage against Cincinnati scheduled for Sunday uh, was going to take place in Bloomington. It was canceled because Indiana – Two banged up, according to Jeff Goodman of Stadium. Cincinnati was able to get a, a scrimmage in a late reschedule. They took on Detroit on Sunday. And now Indiana looks ahead to a secret scrimmage October 30th, which is going to play be played in Louisville against Belmont. Now, you know, if you're following this stuff and you're getting ready for the season, the scrimmage canceled, probably not a huge deal. Maybe there's some players banged up. We haven't heard reports of any major injuries that are expected to sideline anyone for the bulk of the season or maybe the, the entire year. But I do think it's a little concerning, going back to Hoosier hysteria, that there's always been a short scrimmage of some something on the floor, up and down, for fans to get a look at. And there was nothing this year, and uh, that is not normal. And there clearly were some things going on. Indiana put out a release back during Hoosier hysteria that quote said quote scholarship players are not taking part in drills or competition competitions today are being held out for precautionary reasons. So again, no statement of any real injuries or serious concerns, and that's kind of the gist you get from the 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 news or the quotes or the reports that have leaked on the Cincinnati scrimmage cancellation, but you have to wonder from user hysteria to the Cincinnati secret scrimmage, you know, what exactly is the health of this team uh, as we head into the start of the season in just three weeks or less than three weeks at this point. So we'll discuss that later today as well. AP top 25 pull out over the weekend on Sunday, lots of changes. And of course, who in the world saw Purdue beating Iowa. That it was just the, the score, maybe the game of the season, the upset of the season, at least to me as a guy that uh, pays very close attention to the Big Ten and football here in the Midwest. Uh, did not see that one coming, especially in the style that Purdue was able to beat Iowa. Just unbelievable. Still some changes. In, uh, Big Ten now has just four teams in the top ten as opposed to five, so still a really strong showing so far by the Big Ten Conference. Ohio State, who Indiana plays next, is fifth. Michigan, who Indiana has in a few weeks, is number six. Penn State, who swept Indiana 24-0 a few weeks back, is number seven. And Michigan State, who just beat Indiana on Saturday in a tight one, is number nine. Iowa falls out of the top ten. They are now number 11. And Purdue actually entered the top 25 after their big win over Iowa at number 25 in the AP poll. So the the conference is just really well represented in college football in the AP poll, even in the top ten as well. Also, Athlon Sports in basketball, they put out their predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, Indiana number seven in that uh, listing of preseason predicted order of finish for conference teams. Athlon writes, quote, Coach Mike Woodson returned to his alma mater, but more importantly, Trace Jackson Davis returned for his junior season. Improved guard play could come from transfers Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart 
for five-star recruit Tamar Bates. Indiana has been damn near seventh in every uh, ranking, every preseason ranking out there uh, by these publications. So in IU seventh in Athlon, eighth I saw in one of the others that came out over the weekend. And again, that's a look at things from an IU basketball perspective. Coming out of the weekend, really a disappointing weekend. I thought we'd have some rumors and maybe a box score to break down from a secret scrimmage against Cincinnati, uh, but that that's not the case after that was canceled. So you put the, the cancellation of the secret scrimmage and the loss to Michigan State, and really it's a pretty blue Monday to start things off. But glad you're with us. Let's One other high school note, I do want to fit this in here in the Zaxby's headline segment. Normally we talk about football or someone making some noise in the postseason uh, from a you know sport like football in this opening segment, but today I want to spend a moment talking about Floyd Central Volleyball. They overcame a five-point deficit in the fourth set to Providence, then were able to beat the Highlanders in a major upset in high school volleyball. That was a 4A sectional championship at Providence on Saturday night. The Pioneers... Uh, had a streak of 10 straight sectional championships, which included some deep runs and a state championship or two over the years. But Floyd Central spoils uh, that opportunity this year for the Pioneers. So hats off to Floyd Central Volleyball to win that sectional over a program that year in and year out is able to have success at the level they do like Providence and to do it on the Pioneers' home court. Just really an unbelievable feat. And we'll recognize some of the other local volleyball and other sport champions from over the weekend a little later in the hour. Those are Zaxby's headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a quick break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier checks in on IU football and IU hoops as well. Also, your questions and comments, we're taking them on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. We've got lots of IU football and basketball to talk about here in this segment today. And, Mike, I guess we have to unpack the IU loss to Michigan State first here today. It was by far, I thought, a disappointing loss, a game that was in reach for IU losing 2015 to the Spartans. But the offense just dismal and off track and any word you can use to describe negative, it was not good once again. And Indiana struggling to find a way to score. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Matt. And it you know, I characterize it as kind of a, a tale of two sides of the football because, you know, as much as the offense was struggling, I thought the defense probably played its best game of the season. Um, but it, but to your point, it, it just didn't matter because the offense has kind of reached a point where you kind of have to conclude that this isn't, you know, it isn't necessarily scheme as much as it is, as it is personnel because you had, you know, a new quarterback in there, but you and you had some new aspects to the scheme with some four wide stuff with some, um, you know, some up-tempo stuff 
and, and it just didn't seem to matter. They're just not getting it done. And so one of the things I said to, to one of my colleagues in the press box after the game on Saturday is I, I think we might be underestimating the extent to which the injury to DJ Matthews is going to impact this team really for the rest of the season. And I said that, and I continue to think that because he, he's the one guy on the offense that really had that, you know, big play ability that we just are not seeing in, in the subsequent game since he, he had some big plays you know, earlier in the season after a slow start. And, you know, if you, if you look up and down the roster, you just don't see a guy that, that can make those kind of plays. And it's so important when you have an offensive line that's, you know, not really getting it done, not really allowing you to sustain drives all the way to the end zone. And, you know, you, you have a guy like Matthews that can open things up for other players. Like you, you remember last year, you had Watt Fillier in there and that, in my opinion, opened things up for a guy like Ty Freifogel. So that it, it trickles down. But I, I think it's not clearly not the only reason. But, you know, as you see a new quarterback, you see new schemes being attempted and, and you see the same results. You got to think that's one of the things I'm pointing to right now and saying, you know, I, I think they're going to struggle unless somebody can emerge in that playmaker role. Yeah, no question. I think great summary there. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, I read this and mentioned this in the opening segment today. IU had gone 12 straight quarters with no touchdown in league games uh, dating back to the win last year at Wisconsin until the one-yard fourth-quarter score by Stephen Carr. Uh, my goodness, that is not good uh, news. That's not a good streak. That is uh, something that to me is outstandingly uh bad or awful when you think about uh, Big Ten uh, football. I mean, it just, I could not believe that when I read it. Yeah, and, and it's particularly concerning because we're in an era of college football where we're very offensive-oriented. I mean, if, if you're not scoring 30 points a game, you're, you're, you're going to struggle to win too many games in college football. And, you know, even going back to those games last year, the game at Wisconsin, the offense, you know, admittedly against a good defense, didn't do a whole heck of a lot in the game prior to that, I believe was the home game against Maryland where the offense really struggled. So I, I guess probably to your point, it, it definitely seems to be an overarching issue. It's not just a, a one game here, one game there type thing. There, there's just a, you know, a, a, you know, an issue right now with the, a lack of big plays, a lack of being able to finish drives and probably more than anything, it, it's, you know, a, it's turnovers, at least this season. You, you look at the four games they've lost. They have 12 turnovers in those games against teams that are, you know, all top 20 right now where the margin there is just too thin to have that kind of mistakes. And and probably, you know, if, if there was something most disappointing, it was, you know, the fact that, you know, you thought maybe it was just, you know, Michael Penix just struggling to, to return to his form. But, you know, you saw the same kind of mistakes by, by Jack Tuttle in the, in the game on Saturday. And so it, it's, you know, it's hard to pinpoint why, you know, two talented quarterbacks, both four-star caliber recruits are, are having those kind of struggles, but, but they no doubt are. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, you can read more at thedailyhoosier.com and follow Mike at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. It's Ohio State next for IU, so things get no easier. In fact, they get a lot tougher 
then Maryland on the road, then Michigan on the road. So a tough stretch coming up for this IU team. I know mathematically it's still possible that Indiana could finish and uh, be bowl eligible, but is it possible? Should fans be hopeful that there are enough wins left on this schedule, especially after seeing Purdue beat Iowa on Saturday, that this Indiana team has any shot at postseason football? Yeah, I mean, mathematically, it's getting a lot harder to, to predict that that could happen. Obviously, you know, on its face, it can happen, um, which is four losses to this point. But I, I think we talked about this last week. That that Michigan State game was just so key because you don't want to, you know, go into this Ohio State game with the the prospects that you're going to be two and five, which by all you know, reasonable prognostications that they will be because, um, you know, Ohio State's offense is, is really good and they're going to have to score points to keep up with it. And there's no indications right now that they can do that. And then the game at Michigan, you know, Michigan's defense looks really good. And so it's, you know, reasonable to expect it's going to be hard to produce points up there. So, so you're really looking for perfection in, in those other four games. And, and to your point, you know, Purdue is, is showing that it can, be a very tough out you know it's moved into the the top 25 itself you know road games there and at maryland you know there's nothing easy about playing against rutgers or minnesota right now so you've got four games that are, are winnable but you know i don't think we've seen anything from this team right now to suggest that you know they can kind of pull a four game run together against those four um while while that while they certainly have the the personnel to do it something would have to change you know whether it's you know more points out of the defense or special teams or I'm I'm not sure what but it's sitting here right now it's difficult to predict that they can win all four of those games. Mike uh, let's talk about Purdue and Iowa for just a moment the Hoosiers started their season at Iowa, and at that point we thought, oh this Iowa team may be really good, not just solid, but really good, and they went on to play that way for a number of weeks. What what happened on Saturday, and is Purdue making a real push, or was that just an off game? I mean, 24-7, the final score, it wasn't close. Yeah, that that, that was one of those games, you know, I'm, I'm working the IU game up in the press box focused on putting together – you know, post-game content, I finally get home. And the first time I see the score of that game, it's, it's one of those double-take moments. Like, I had to go I had to go verify because I thought where I was seeing it, you know, maybe somehow I'm getting this as bad information. It was that stunning to me, you know, be, be, mainly because of the, the seven that, that Iowa was limited to. I didn't think Purdue had that kind of defense. Um, and, you know, Iowa's just been so impressive this year. So, you know, obviously a great win for Purdue, equally disappointing and stunning that, that Iowa, you know, at to your point, not just lost, but lost by that kind of score. I just couldn't see that a, as a possibility. Um, but it, it just, again, it speaks to how difficult things are going to be for, for Indiana down the stretch here. I, I think if, if I had to point – that one thing I saw, at least in the numbers, I didn't watch the Purdue-Iowa game, but it, the numbers that stood out is the – and this kind of goes to the D.J. Matthews point. Purdue has a guy in David Bell who is just a playmaker. You know, that can be a difference. You know, when I think about D.J. Matthews, that he remind, he was starting to remind me of, you know, a guy that IU fans will remember from a few years ago, Shane Wynn, who just, you know, in so many phases of the game could just give you a big play, you know, a reverse, a, a punt return, a, a, you know, just things that stem the tide or, or change the direction of a game out, out of nowhere. You know, David Bell's 
similarly like that, although he's more of just a, a true, you know, receiver. But Indiana, on the other hand, to beat home this point, just doesn't seem to have that guy right now. Yeah, I agree. Mike Schumann, my guest. Mike, final football topic before we get into some hoops recruiting. Uh, I saw the IU-Ohio State line set early on has the Buckeyes a 19-point favorite. Things are not going to get any easier for IU football. Even though the game's at home, there'll be a great crowd. A lot of Ohio State fans, in addition to a lot of IU fans, will make the sellout uh, at Memorial Stadium. But this is going to be a tough one because there was a moment early in the year where I thought, you know, maybe Ohio State has lost a step, but the last few weeks they have been back on uh, back to playing really good football. In fact, they may wind up once again the best team in the Big Ten Conference after some other results we've seen the last few weeks. Yeah, I think they they kind of got that early season eye-opener and kind of had their backs against the wall, and, they, and they've responded. I think they you know, see that they have to pretty much win out you know, the rest of the way to get to what's their goal each and every year, which is the CFP. And I, and I think that they can do that. I think, you know, they, they were a program that didn't return a lot of, of their high end talent from last year, which is, you know, becoming pretty customary for them. So you, you expect if they're going to have a hiccup, it's early in the season and then they'll kind of round their, their roster into form and, and kind of get some momentum. And that, that seems to be exactly what's going on. And, you know, it's it's obviously not what's going on with Indiana. So that, that, that game is just incredibly difficult. If I wanted to say something that, that gave Indiana fans some hope, I mean, there, there were some years where where the odds seemed just as steep as they are this Saturday. You're, I particularly remember a couple games, one where Tevin Coleman was running wild in, in Columbus, uh, where it seemed like IU had no business being in that game. I believe that was the year that Nate Sudfeld was hurt. So it was basically just, you know, all Ohio State had to do is stop Tevin Coleman and they could win the game. And for a while, anyway, they struggled to do that. And then there was a game, perhaps the next year in Bloomington, where I think Xander Diamont had a pass into the end zone that could have tied the game or maybe even won it for Indiana. I'd have to go double-check that. So the, the point being that – in games against Ohio State where the Buckeyes clearly had superior talent and were big favorites, Indiana has found ways to make make it close. So if if you want to cling to some hope, it's happened in the past. But, man, I, I sure wouldn't be putting my own money on that possibility based on what I've seen lately. <laughs> no question. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with me. Uh, basketball, the secret scrimmage against Cincinnati canceled uh, it was set for Sunday. Should IU fans be concerned? We didn't see a scrimmage at Hoosier Hysteria, even a brief scrimmage because of some banged-up players, we were told. Uh, but no real reports of anything major that we know of, at least. And now this secret scrimmage is uh, off as well. Uh, big loss as far as preseason prep opportunity, I think, for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers. But any reason for concern here with this cancellation? No, I mean, not not beyond just the, the obvious you'd like to have a healthy team right now just for the, the practice and the, you know, opportunities, as you said, like, like scrimmages that they could have had over the weekend. But, but I don't think that there's anything going on where, where you got guys that are going to miss extended periods of time going into the season. The only, the only guy that I understand that, that might, you know, have a little bit longer term issue is Michael Durr, the, the center. He didn't play in, in the Bahamas, um, but but Coach Woodson did say at Big Ten Media Day that that's not, 
his situation, which I believe is his knee is not, you know, anything that's going to be super long-term there either. either. He said he expects him to play. I, I believe he said he expected him to play to open the season. We'll see if that turns out to be the case. But the, the thing is, Indiana's pre Indiana's non-conference schedule sets up pretty well so that they have some tune-up games even before they, they play anyone of any real substance. I think, you know, the first couple games are, are against – you know, teams that they're widely expected to, to beat easily. And so I think if they can maybe strive to get to full health for that St. John's game, which is maybe the third game of the year, I think that's the goal. And they, they still do have a scrimmage lined up on the 30th against Belmont down in Louisville. So there's at least one opportunity to, to go up against a, an unfamiliar foe uh, before they open things up. So Short, shorter way to answer that question would just be no. I, there's, there's nothing alarming, uh, other than just maybe some missed opportunities here in, in October. I tell you, I bet Coach Woodson and staff are are thanking themselves uh, for the Bahamas opportunity even more now yeah. because that helped them get a little bit ahead. Then I think they really could have been ahead with two scrimmages against quality opponents like Cincinnati and Belmont, as far as knowing what they need to work on and where they're at. Uh, but Bahamas, that may be something we come back and talk about here down the line a little bit as being a real benefit for this team when maybe they weren't healthy enough to have the scrimmages or at least one of them so far. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, whatever they're losing now, at least you can say that they had some, you know, the 10 extra practices, they had some competition against an, uh, an unfamiliar opponent in August. So, so, you know, maybe it's a trade-off and, and not much gained or lost. I, I suspect you could still call it a net positive having that, that time. I think, you know, I think, you know, talking to coach Woodson at the, his availabilities over the last month, I think he, their point in doing the Bahamas was more about, you know, just getting the extra practices, getting, you know, you know, driving home what they want to do on, on both ends of the court. And I think that they've accomplished that. And I think the, whatever injuries they do have right now, you know, the guys are still in the building. They're still at practice. They're still participating in either just by being there and kind of picking up what's going on, or in some cases, you know, having limited involvement. So it's not like, you know, that the key players on the team are just completely out of it and have, are going to have to start from scratch when they, when they get back to practicing in full. So, I I think it's a great point. I don't think any of this is a super big deal right now. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. A little IU basketball recruiting before we wrap up this segment. No big advancement here, but Jeremy Fears, who is a key target in the 2023 class, a point guard, not from Indiana, but playing his high school hoops up at LaPorte La Lamere. He cut his list down to eight. Uh, Indiana in the mix. And I believe, uh, Mike, he's been on campus a few times here fairly recently. Yeah, he has. He came in June to, to take an unofficial visit with his family and then came back for the football game against Cincinnati in September. So there's definitely clear interest both ways. I mean, I agree. I wouldn't get too spun up about a, a top eight. Uh, I did put it up on the site just because he's a guy that I think fans are, are definitely interested in. And I think there's a lot of interest going both ways. It's going to be a a tough guy to land just because if you look at his top eight, it's a very, you know, good mix of competition that that's going to be tough to beat. You know, he, he's playing his high school ball, as you said, in Indiana, he's going to play the AAU ball in Indiana with the Indy heat, but he's an Illinois kid. And I think Illinois is going to be a, a definite legit team to, to beat there as well as Michigan and Michigan state. So, uh, I think your, your larger point is absolutely correct. Point guard is a priority 
recruiting position for the class of 2023 and whether it's him or a guy like Gabe Cups or you know there's a Finnish guy named Myro Little I, th- I think they're definitely going to prioritize that position with, with one or two guys. Mike uh, one other recruit uh, target you had a chance to catch up with is Ja'Kai Newton he's also in the 2023 class he's a combo guard from down in Newton Georgia he recently uh, had his uh, uh, junior year unofficial visit to Bloomington. In fact, it wrapped up uh, just a few days back, and you had a chance in a story that people can read on your site to catch up with him. What was the general thought, the general gist he gave you, the feeling you have after his visit days in Bloomington? Yeah, I mean, I, I was told that the visit went as well as it could possibly go, and then from from his perspective, I I'll just put it this way. I've never, in talking to a lot of recruits after a lot of visits through the years, I've never sensed so much enthusiasm about a visit. I think he's genuinely very interested in Indiana, and I think the interest goes both ways. I think he was pretty much blown away by, you know, what he saw both, you know, at practice from the staff, uh, you know, from he's just Bloomington as a whole being recognized as a as a as a recruit, I think that happens a lot with the out-of-state kids where they just don't have a sense for how important basketball is at Indiana and, like, how the heck do the fans know who this kid from Newton, Georgia is. <laughs> um, but but that's exactly what happened. And so I think there, there's definitely a lot of interest both ways. Sometimes, you know, the interest is heavier right after the visit, and, you know, then you have a chance to kind of – settle down and, and, you know, gain some perspective. That's probably what's going on right now. But I suspect that, that he is going to put IU right near the top of, of his schools. And, and like I said, I think the interest go, goes both ways. I think he's a guy that can really beat his man off the dribble, which is something that Indiana values that maybe people aren't thinking about as much when you talk about spacing the floor. You know, you think about a guy like Xavier Johnson, I, I think of Newton in a little bit the same way. He's just got a really quick first step that can collapse the defense when he can get past his man. And that, that's a way to space the floor, too, because you collapse the defense. That puts a lot of openings out on the perimeter. And then, and then he's just a tough-minded physical kid that plays really hard defense as well. So I, I think that those are the reasons why IU likes him right now. All right, great stuff from Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, we'll catch up with you again very soon. Matt, it was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And as we head to commercial break, IU with a scholarship offer. I know that Brian uh, Sullivan talked about this some Friday on the program, but an in-state player to know, another freshman in the 2025 class uh, from Fishers, Indiana. His name is Jalen Harrelson. Uh, has an offer from IU. He recently got one from Maryland as well. I have heard from coaches and others in Indianapolis in that area. Uh, he is really going to be someone fun to watch in our state in the coming seasons. And so no real surprise with Indiana getting in early on him with an offer, one of his first big offers. Of course, the other big 2025 player in the state, Trent Sisley, Uh, from down at Heritage Hills. He's got an early offer from Purdue and lots of interest from IU at this point. So some really big names emerging already in the freshman class here in our state for the upcoming high school basketball season. We'll head to our final break. We're back with Chad Gilbert. He's the Charlestown Athletic Director, also an IHSA Executive Board member. Lots of local sports to talk about after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment here on this Monday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line. Send in your questions, comments, opinions, whatever you want. 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, IHSA Executive Board Member, former basketball coach Jeff with me for our weekly segment. Uh, Chad, high school sports overload over the weekend with the conclusion of the regular season football games on Friday night. We had so much other postseason activity, but I think the highlight of all of it is Floyd Central Volleyball getting a big win at Providence in the 4A sectional championship game. First time in 10 years, Providence will not be moving on to a volleyball region after being regional, after being so very dominant here in this area. Well, first of all, Matt, it is a great time of the year. It is something, you know, with fall breaks, fans are down a little bit with fall break, but I think fall break's starting to settle down. People are getting back in the routine. We've been off for two weeks. I know New Albany Floyd's been off for two weeks. We're back again today. So I think there'll be a little bit more normalcy coming up this this week's events but you know last week it was fan overload you think the last two weeks with soccer sectional soccer regionals volleyball a lot of excitement going on and you think about those the two things that stand out is one new albany football winning the hoosier hills conference after a 20-year run by columbus east is that correct yeah so yeah i think that that's something that's really big and the other thing like you said is uh floyd central beating providence you can't give the teams who have won that enough credit because it, it takes something, you know, to like Rick Flair says, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And that's something that they, they've had to do. But think about what it took for Providence and Columbus East to get to that point on the mountain and sustain it. You know, once you're to the top, you know, that, that that's part of the journey. The trick is staying at the top. And for those guys to do it for that period of time that says a whole lot about the leadership of the coaches and you're talking about two hall of fame coaches there involved in those programs but it says a lot about the buy-in not only from the players but the parents but the community and everything involved in that so to have something like that that's a special tradition that separates good from great talking with chad gilbert on local sports speaking of the postseason you've been busy at charlestown your pirates have been playing some good football, but also you're getting ready to host a big uh, volleyball regional at Charlestown on Saturday, I know, which will be a great opportunity to showcase your wonderful facility. Well, you know, anytime we have an opportunity to get people to come in here and see our place, that's something we want to do, you know, because our place is off the beaten path. It's not like it's right off the road where people can see it. It's an opportunity for us to show off something that our community, our students, our administration is very, very proud of, our coaches. And it's something that's a busy time of the year. We're hosting Greensburg in football Friday. Pirates are hot. You know, we've won our last uh, seven contests. You know, so we're hot, ready to, ready to roll in here. And um, I think, is that right, Matt, seven in a row? I believe so, yeah. Yep, so we're, you know, we're rolling in with that, and we're hosting Greensburg Friday in the sectional. Then a quick turnaround for volleyball regional here Saturday with Silver Creek who's had a lot of dominance in this, in this 3A regional Evansville Memorial 
Oddly enough, Greensburg, who we play Friday in football here, we, they'll turn around and play volleyball here Saturday morning. And then Bar Reeve, another team like Providence who's been bumped up due to the success factor. So it should be a good afternoon, a good weekend at Charlestown, a lot of excitement. Anytime you get to host tournaments, it's just that much more special, Matt. You, we talk about the feelings when you you know you think about Seymour whenever the announcer comes up and here come the Bulldogs. You, you, you just think it's a different feel, you know, and – the same thing when these tournaments, when stuff's on the line, it just means a little bit more. It's a little bit more exciting, a little bit more fun to be part of. Yeah, no question. Chad, a couple other high school notes before I flip a few other things. Uh, need to need to make sure this is known. First day of uh, official day of girls basketball high school uh, at the high school level practices today. So uh, we are just a couple weeks away from scrimmages and really the start of games uh, locally with girls high school hoops, which will be fun. Well, you know, you think about this, Matt, uh, it's right on the corner, you know, with girls basketball starting today, high school boys is three weeks from today. Now, this is one thing for everyone out there. Limited contact is over. There's no more limited contact until December. So anyone who has limited contact at your school, that's an IHSA violation. You are allowed, however, to condition, but no limited contact and no two hours two times a week until December picks back up. So it is uh, it is an opportunity to give kids a little bit of a rest, but for some of these kids, you're jumping right from one sport right to another. You think about volleyball, who had their tournament last week, uh, cross country, who's running the semi-state this weekend. You know, there's still maybe some people who haven't came over to basketball from there, and then you got a, a semi-state in soccer as well. So it's a quick turnaround, quick jump, quick overlap. But that you know, you get to be a kid one time, enjoy your time, play everything you can, and have fun. Yeah, absolutely, Chad. High school hoops getting underway soon. College scrimmages underway. We've talked already during this show about the IU Cincinnati scrimmage being called off because IU apparently has some injuries, banged up, just not comfortable playing the scrimmage. Uh, but there have been some other secret scrimmages. We don't always hear a lot about them or get box scores or get to learn a lot. But you couple the start of scrimmages uh, along with the preseason AP basketball poll coming out around noon today, and it signals that we are headed into the basketball season, which here in southern Indiana we truly love. You think about college football, we're about the halfway mark there. So it's time to start gearing up, ramping up for the uh, college basketball season. Like you said, there's a lot of excitement about it. As far as scrimmages go, I think it's a pretty good opportunity, one, that you kind of get to go against somebody else. You've been banging on each other since last April. So it's an opportunity to get to go and bang against some other opponents for a while, just kind of see their tendencies. Also with that, it's an opportunity for – teams to see where they are you know there's there's a, a big difference in doing it in practice and doing it under the lights so I think you get an opportunity to see what kids can play and what kids can't but the last thing I think it gives you an opportunity to work on that routine so whether you're an away team you kind of get to work on your routine on how you're going to travel and if you're the home team you kind of get to go over the routine on that one so you know whether it's pre-game meal how you're going to go before the games and with with college basketball it fluctuates so much because of start times for TV, but it just kind of gets kids an idea of what the coaches expect on game days, whether you're at home or on the road. Yeah, no question. Uh, Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Chad, missed you last week, uh, but back in the routine. Fall break is over. Football headed to the postseason, as are many other sports, and high school basketball just around the corner. We've got some fun conversations ahead. Always glad to have you with us here on the program. 
Matt, really appreciate the runs. I'm ready to get back in the saddle here, get after it again. And, uh, you know, thanks again for everything you do for Indiana high school sports, you know, and especially here in Southern Indiana. Our kids, our parents, we're really lucky to have an advocate like you out there who are really promoting our kids and our program, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much for the kind words. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown AD, former coach at Jeff, also IHSA executive board member. He's with us Mondays on the program as we try to go through as many local headlines as we can. So many winners locally in volleyball, of course. Uh, we mentioned some of the winners, Floyd Central, Silver Creek, uh, local teams moving on to regional. So many winners uh, in a lot of different sports played this weekend. We're going to highlight some of those teams throughout the week here on the program. That's going to wrap things up for today. A reminder, you can always find us as a podcast. If you missed the live program, we're available on Apple Sound, or Apple Podcast, also SoundCloud, uh, and many other places. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there. You can subscribe for free and listen each and every day. We're glad you're with us, whether it's live on the Big X or listening via podcast. Thank you for being with us as we talk IU basketball, football, and Southern Indiana sports here in the area. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.